I'm Lanny. And I'm Chud. And this is the world as it is today. Boy, that was really hard. I had to think about it for a second. Yeah, we didn't usually we say who's going to start it. And we did it. I just hit record. And then I was like, welcome back to another episode of the Greener Project. There's part of me that wanted to like in Tourette's way. And we're back. (laughs) Yeah, both of us obviously are taking priority of our other podcasts over this one. And that's because our relationship with our friends are more important than our marriage. And our relationship with each other is just really deteriorating. And while we do want to document that deterioration, <laughs> this is the only time we speak to each other is the podcast. So it's like only once a month now that we sit down and talk. No, that's obviously, um, I'm just joking with any of that. Our relationships, uh, it's pretty solid. I'd say, I think it's good. Think I'm not, I'm cheating less and I'm thinking less about divorce. So, I mean, I feel like yeah, overall. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm sorry. We're being too sticky we're getting right there with it um yeah no no divorce no divorce no cheating moving moving sailing forward yes as 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 we always have and it's always good with with chud with a person who can make you laugh and so i think i can make him laugh too but i'm no actually see it happen on his Uh, face i laugh inside where it's where it counts (laughs) he just laugh out loud at my own jokes but I, I laugh inside. That's the problem. People's. We get two funny people together and they both want to be the funny ones. So they don't laugh. Instead, they make another joke back and you guys just go back and forth. I've, I've said it before. I wonder sometimes if that's what's going on with the entire younger generation that I work with. Like yeah. maybe they all think I'm really stiff and that I don't think things are funny because they're constantly like, you know, deadpan humor. You should laugh at everything they say. <laughs> instead that should well, be your but other I do. approach sometimes i do sometimes i like naturally laugh really loud at them at, you know kind of at them yeah and just in the way i've always laughed with and at people it's not uh it's not an insult or whatever but they kind of take it it seems like they're taking it like an insult uh-huh. but is that really them just pulling the like an ultimate nick offerman style humor and just like just staring back at me like i hurt their feelings but really inside they're fucking laughing like well, crazy well that's my brother's style of humor too is that deadpan and long 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 pauses with direct eye contact and so he and i can get in stuck in that loop where neither of us are laughing but we're both being hilarious well see your, your brother's a bit older generation than the guys that i'm specifically talking yeah, about yeah yeah he has a job and uh I, I see, I can tell that that's what's going on with your brother or people like your brother. I don't know. There's like a, there's, even though they're not laughing. Oh, he's telling smirk. you. Yeah. You're, you're, the eyes clear. are twinkling and stuff. It's clear. Maybe it's just that maybe that humor has continued to elevate, but now everyone's on pharmaceuticals. So there's no twinkle. There's no twinkle. There's there, no twinkle. Right? And they're just dead. And they're just and like, just they're dead. like, you just hurt my feelings like a zombie and you're like scared. and i'm like oh, oh I'm shit so man i didn't mean to actually hurt your feelings and then they're like god he's got no sense of humor he <laughs> thinks that he just hurt my feelings oh i would i hope they're joking but i don't think that I, i'm afraid they they're not yeah i'm afraid they're not so okay so we're here back and i'd like to mention that this is our 60th episode of the world as it is today Woo! So if any of you have actually listened to all of our episodes i'd love to know that that'd be interesting if anyone actually listened to every single one of them um don't, don't ask questions you don't want the answer i know to. no one's gonna respond <laughs> they're like yeah and i like still don't understand why you guys have this podcast but no um thank you guys for listening uh for those of you who have been with us for a long time or who keep coming back for more quality entertainment quality um, kitchen table talk yeah i really appreciate it it's been really fun i think it's been a good way for us to be intentional about us just just bullshitting kind of like we did when we were dating. I was going to say when we were young, but we weren't that young when we met each other. And you were going to say dating, but then we didn't like actually go on dates. No, I (laughs) I made a really big deal out about how you were taking me on a date the first time we went out. Yeah, yeah. And the reason I did, because I said I'd never been on a date before and I, and I wanted, um, I wanted to go on a date <laughs> and I want, I thought it was funny to keep saying it. <laughs> I don't know why. It's uh, it's funny. I don't think of us as going on dates when we were dating. Yeah. No. Even though I'm, I'm surely we did, but we spent mo- so much more time just like bullshitting and yeah. hanging out. We hung out. We hung out a we lot. Were just, we weren't dating. They're just like, like hanging, hanging out. out or whatever. Because <sighs> I, when I think of dating specifically, I think of like a consumerist aspect. Oh, yeah. I don't think of us going to restaurants. Not that we didn't, but it was like kind of that was part of the bigger picture of what yeah. we were building. Not, you know, like we'd get hungry while we were hanging out. Yeah. Our, <laughs> our first date was at a park and we just talked for four hours. <laughs> yeah. It was supposed to be like an hour. Yeah. 
And then I, think I was late for something. I got fired from a job or something. No, like you, yeah, your other girlfriend broke up with oh, you because you didn't show up. Just right. kidding. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we we both left because we needed to go home and feed our dogs, which mm-hmm. I thought was cute too. Yeah, but that four hours, the real truth of that is that that jumped up on us. Like we thought, I thought it'd been an hour. Yeah, it was easy to talk to you. It, it was, was like, oh wow, the sun's starting to go down. Shit. It was it was special. My, my dog is so hungry right now <laughs> and mad at me for going to a park without him. And I'm like, and my dog is also hungry and like just staring at a wall in a corner because he's blind. <laughs> <laughs> he was so cool. Oh Louie. Okay. So what I wanted to talk about today is um I wanted to talk about okay. So I had this memory of a conversation that we had when we were dating. So that mm-hmm. actually is a good segue. Perfect. Um we talked about we talked about having kids and like family dynamics uh, um, a fair amount, but we really talked about them from the perspective of us remembering being kids and how our parents were. We shared with each other a lot about what we remember through childhood and going to church or, you know, whatever kind of different experiences we had when we were kids. Yeah. And we were talking about, well, I should say my mom and dad had two kids, me and my younger brother and your mom and dad had two kids, you and your older sister. Yep. I have um, three I have two uncles and an aunt on my mom's side and all of them each had two kids, right? So like pretty much everybody in my family, all my cousins and stuff are all twos. I don't have anybody in my family that has had more children. I've had, they either have no kids or they have two kids. That's kind of what it is. Mm -hmm. Your sister has two. You have a cousin that has two. Your aunt had two. So you had cousins there. Mm -hmm. Like pretty much most of, most of the families. Well, I, my cousins on the other side had three. Okay. But one of them passed away at 15. Oh, yeah, right. Um, and then, so he had an older brother and a younger brother from the one that, that passed away. So they, so there's like, you know, there's the examples, right? A lot of oh, the... And then, and then also on my dad's side, his cousin had four, four, four right. girls. And so there's, there's this... Um, for me, it was kind of like this idea that people that were really religious specifically Catholic or Mormon had lots of kids. And I always was like, I think maybe we were commenting on Mormons or something. We were talking about having a lot of kids and like, it was, it was definitely. So our conversations then like we were different people and the way I looked at the world was different. And I still probably thought we were overpopulated. I 100% thought we were overpopulated and that the only thing we could do to make this world better was to contribute by not contributing offspring. Yeah. I really thought that. Okay. And so I wasn't necessarily like hard, like I'm never going to have kids, but I wasn't thinking about it in a realistic way that I would be able to even have kids. Like I, I was such a tomboy my whole life that that just, it didn't really cross my mind. Mm-hmm. Like me in a white wedding dress and having children was not something that that I like fantasized about as a kid. I fantasized about being a race car driver, a pro basketball player, a black man that was a rapper. That was definitely a fantasy of mine, but I never thought about getting married and having kids. It just wasn't a thing. So then when I would look at my friends' families, you know, Mormons that had seven kids or whatever, it was like, go to their houses, chaos. If you eat with them, it's like fast. Everyone's like, it's like a freaking piranha. They just like attack the food. Everyone's starving. If you don't get in there and go, you're going to be the one who's hungry. There's 12 people at the table and there are 13 sausages on that plate. (laughs) Are you going to be the pussy who only eats one? (laughs) (laughs) Right. You need to save the big piece of chicken for dad. That's a, that's old bit from Eddie Murphy. Uh, Speaking of wanting to be a a black rapper, I also wanted to be a black man, stand up comedian. (laughs) I failed at both of those things. Um, so I know the transgender stuff is okay, but the transracial stuff is still that's, not, that's still not yet. So I'm, yet. I'm, if that, if that changes as society changes, you might see a big change in check, my physical appearance. Check in for episode 160. <laughs> see where we're at. <laughs> see on where that. we're at on that one. <laughs> so, um, anyway, uh, it was like, we, I think we were kind of talking about that chaos that is having a lot of kids. And then we, we basically were, you know, in, in kind of a stand-up comedy way, we were really off each other and we were talking about yeah you don't want to be outnumbered by your offspring that's crazy yeah, right, the right. maximum amount of kids you should have is two because you have two parents and then you can handle your children one or two is fine zero one or two mm-hmm. but more than that is crazy because you don't have as all of a sudden you have more kids than adults and your kids um the the balance of the scales now is in favor of the children taking over things so there was a part of me I know. I, I, um, to be honest, I don't remember this specific conversation. I remember the ideas you told me that recently, and I, I'm remembering all of it, but not really remembering the conversation. But I know with certainty that I had a thought in my head 
just knowing who I was at that time that would have been part of this, whether I said it out loud or not, no more than two, because then you're not excessively continue uh, contributing to the population right over, over population and, and so and then you're replacing yourself but no more than that come on people be reasonable was so what i would have thought i'm sure we talked about that idea of replacing yourself and how that would be okay but like more than that would be excessive and when we were looking at people we knew that had a lot of kids we're like look at them they're like they've doubled themselves this is like if you want to talk about overpopulation overcrowded cities and all of that and we're we're looking at it from that angle we're saying boy, that's too many kids to have. And if those people are doing that, we weren't really taking into account into how many adults we knew that didn't have children. And I would say that now, you know, 15 years later after this conversation or whatever, not quite, but almost a dozen years later, I know more people, more adults now that don't have kids. Um, I'm, I'm like surprised almost like how many people that we were friends with, that we grew up with, that we went to the bars with, that don't have kids. Yeah. It's so much more than my mom would have known, you know, when she was at, at the same age as us. When I was 18 ish, you know, when I was, when I was a very young adult, um, I felt outnumbered to my position of that we were overpopulated, right? Like part of what part of maybe my own uh, conspiratorial like mind that I even had back then was like, no, no, no everyone's telling you to breed yeah everyone's telling you to do this and i can see through it i mean even um 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 the i'm spacing they, the they live that's yeah, the, the third thing that came to mind the sign i'm of- motioning sunglasses here <laughs> well that's uh, what i was thinking before you even said that because yeah the one of their billboards that you can see when you have the sunglasses on says to what get married and have get kids mul- some, something get married effect. and multiply there's there's the that's that's part of the sentiment which is really weird when I look back on it because I think that that is what that movie got really, really wrong. Yeah. Like those elites, they're not telling us that, but my brain took it real smooth back then. And I even would have been thinking about this during a conversation. Like we had that it's like everybody, I don't know. This is going to be a little too revealing for my own internal thought process as a kid, but I, um, I, I lost my virginity very young and I, moved through that by a certain age. And by the time I was like 18, I was kind of anti-sex because I thought that that was how they were trying to control people. I was like, look at TV, look at everything. Everything is, I would have friends. I'm a musician, right? And I'd have friends who'd say, boy, what would the chicks think if they knew that the only motivation we have to play music is getting their fucking pussy. And I'd be like, it's not my motivation, asshole. You're being brainwashed by everybody. Well, yeah, that everything is sexualized. It's supposed to remind you all the time. It's like for young men to think that that's the only thing. And you would think that's because they want to trick you into. They're tricking us into having having kids. kids. Interesting. And um, I, you know, like I I say anti-sex, that's not a term I would have used. And I didn't ever like specifically not have sex. But I, I was very like convinced that there was a global subliminal propaganda that was going on such as the billboards in that movie um you know i wasn't thinking about that movie within it at all but i thought i thought we were being trained to let sex control everything and i thought that we had as individuals we had more power over our sex drive than society was allowing us to to believe and that really really helped me believe in the overpopulation and that there was an overpopulation agenda by the elites to overpopulate us wow. and make us burn out. Boy, times have changed. <laughs> <laughs> Our understanding of things has evolved or expanded or changed at least. And well, they, society's changed around it too, right? Because they live thought the same thing. The, I mean, you know, they live. That movie thought the same thing. <laughs> the movie has think. John Carpenter or whoever wrote that movie for John Carpenter was thinking the same thing. Yeah. When they or whoever came up with the concept because for still that at that time in the, the 1980s and prior, it was the churches that were are ruling. Class, churches were ruling, and, and they divorce were, was still taboo. Yep. And um, you know, there were there were some things about it that made because I was like pro divorce at that time in the sense as as I still am today if someone's being beaten by their husband they better fucking get divorced but there was a sentiment in the real world out there at that time that like no even if he's beating you you have to stay with him otherwise it's unchrist like yeah especially yeah and especially in if you were really involved in churches which I was and so you would go to the bishop or you would go to the pastor before you would speak to authorities or you would speak to anyone else in your family and they would help tell you, you need to stick it out. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, you know, getting married was to have kids. 
and having kids meant to have as many as possible or as many as God would give you. And birth control was not approved by the Catholic church until Mm -hmm. somewhat recently. I think they've recently made some changes. I know they've changed, but I don't know if it was that recent anymore. And um, yeah. And and, and other that's, that's changed in other churches and other communities too. And having more, restraint or control over the amount of kids you have. And it's, if you look at places like China, which I don't actually know, it's like more like rumors and people have saying things. I've never actually looked into this, but the idea of only having one kid in China mm-hmm. so that they would reduce their population. Yeah. They needed it to, they see, like I would have during that time thought China had it right. I would have said, yeah, two's okay. Cause yeah. you're not contributing, but China, I mean, really everyone should just have one. Yeah. Because Cause then, then we'll cut it back a little bit and, mm-hmm. but your bloodline can still live on and things like that. You can still have your dogmas. I saw it back. And then, then, but then you hear about like them, like putting their female daughters into boxes and placing them in the river because they wanted to try again to have a boy. And that's like, Dude, I don't know if that fun. really <laughs> river rides are fun. Oh, I want to cry. Okay. So, <clears throat> but I kind of want to talk about this idea of the family dynamic of and the individual family and less about population control. Although that was our motivation in the conversation we had. I think it was also a big part of us was talking about how it's like having a rat infestation. Your house is overrun with children. There's fucking toys everywhere. They're eating all the food. You can't pay for all of them. Why would any couple have four or five kids? I have no recollection of who it was. Might have been Zach. Zach. No, uh, I don't even know who. Uh, someone who had family-ish stand-up comedy who had a, a joke about that they had a Mormon friend or something. Uh-huh. And they had nine kids and they said, I don't know. I'm not good at math. And I don't know much about raising kids, but I know nine is too many. <laughs> yes. And, and that really resonated with me. Totally. The there was, well, I think. There was also a Jim Gaffigan bit where he talked because he he's done stand up a lot. Like he watches older stuff and he's talking about but having he has two lots kids. Of kids. He wouldn't make that joke. But no, he made this joke. He gets up. He's the episode. The one I'm thinking of. He had five kids and he was talking about having five kids and how it, what it's like to tell someone you have five kids. And he says, you know, you tell somebody you have three, two kids, and they're like, oh, that's great. You know, congratulations. You say you're having you're having your fourth kid, and they're like. Wow. Oh, wow. That's a lot. But if you say you're having your five kid, they're just like, fuck you. (laughs) Like, what the fuck? Why are you doing that? Why do you have that many kids? And it's a, that's very accurate. Funny idea. Yeah. Cause it's like, once you get to five, you're like five, you're a family of seven and you have five children in the house. Well, and also think about it from that depopulation point of view that I had. And I think a lot of other people have like one. Yeah. Okay. Even though I'm anti that kind of stuff, one's fine Two, at least you're not over replacing three. Well, I guess it could be worse Four, come on guys, five, stop fucking breeding. <laughs> Fuck you. You're fucking ruining the planet. You know, like that's where like, you, you know, you've, you've, you've gone three over the limit. <laughs> so know? now that we have our own children, we have replaced ourselves. Well, I haven't replaced me exactly, but I've, I've had a gender reassignment and replaced myself. We have two boys and they are kind of a spread in age. We could have several kids in between the two of them. I've never done math, but we could probably have three in between the two of them. At least. Yeah. So we got a 10 year old and we have a three year old now. So you're, you're, you're thinking like, okay, what I can see from this is that my oldest kid who's 10 is super helpful with the three year old. And it's almost as if at times we have another competent adult set of hands to help almost yeah and and not now but because we will treat it as such we will shortly have a more competent and continuously to have more competent you know like help well okay so like we have two levels to our house um the baby is sleeping upstairs the three-year-old is sleeping upstairs and I'm at work and you're washing dishes and he wakes up and it's time for him to get up. You in another situation, it might be necessary that you stop the water, dry your hands, go up there and just make sure that he didn't wet through his, his clothing so that, you know, we can make sure he's basically comfortable. Doesn't even have to really get up yet. But instead uh, you can say to your 10 year old, Hey, can you go check on the, on the three-year-old and they go, and he goes up and they're going to play for 10 minutes. We finish the dishes. Yeah. It's huge. That's, that is huge, <laughs> huge right there. Yes. Um, and it's the same if I, if it's just me and the, and if it's just the three of us without you, mm-hmm. you know, being able to, uh, I got to run outside and deal with a coyote in the yard, like being able to just do that 
with an, you know, minimal communication and have someone just be there with the, with the three-year-old, as opposed to if it was just me and the three-year-old, if I have to run outside in an emergency situation like that, I'm slamming the door closed and hoping that he doesn't follow me. Yeah. And then you have two emergency situations. Yeah. A three-year-old is by themselves in a house. And then you're also have the coyote. And, and and just as much if the three-year-old comes out of the house. If, yeah. And if, there's an animal on the I'm, loose. I'm fucking running around with a goddamn gun and there's a, and my son is running around too. That's, I don't like the optics of that. Yeah. I'm not worried about my actual ability to keep him yeah, safe no, in that situation. The neighbors might frown upon that for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, my, uh, my, my preferred weapon when the coyotes are attacking the chickens is to chase them with a broom, a stick, or just bang on a bucket. I like throwing three-year-olds at them. <laughs> just picking up a toddler, chucking it in that way. That's why you need more kids. Because then it's like having like a whole yeah. bunch of grenades. That's why, of just that's why pioneers had so many kids. Because they had to throw them at the wild animals to <laughs> get them off their back. Coyotes to save their chickens. Um, so yes, the, the, the idea of like, I remember talking to a coworker. We had a coworker at the auto body shop and he has shit, maybe 10 now. He had 10 last time I asked him about kids. Yeah. So I remember that they, I had they might be drying up though. Yeah. They're older. So I had a baby and then I came back to visit and asked him how his kids are and how old his youngest was now. And he told me three months. And I was like, what? You had another baby at the time? Like, Whoa. that means we were pregnant at the same time. And he like, didn't even mention it. Cause and it's just like, like, oh a, yeah, oh, never yeah came I up. forgot. Cause it's like a normal thing that we just, it's like, should I tell you my wife's on her period? <laughs> Cause I'm not going to, why would I tell you that she's pregnant? It's just a normal thing. Right. Um, and it, it isn't something at that point. When you're having your first kid, it's huge. Such a big deal. It's huge, 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 huge. Us with only two. The second one was like no big deal. That no, was still kind of a big deal. It was huge, especially deal. because <laughs> because there was a lot of time in between. But I think still it was like when you add like I heard somebody. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I really want to get this yeah, out. Yeah. The first time it's a huge deal, but the second time, and, and you know, I'm not mean, meaning to make it seem like it wasn't a big deal, especially on the physical level and a bunch of things like that. But as far as like. Uh, I spent approximately nine months the first time going, what the fuck is my life going to look like? Holy shit. I'm going to have someone I'm responsible for. Am I cut out for this? What are we doing? Like, uh, yeah, there was a whole lot of like me, 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 me shit that went through my head, which made those nine months a completely different transformation of myself than the nine ish months in 2020 with our three-year-old, which not to say there wasn't a lot of, uh, fear. Oh, God, I hate that fucking word for it. But uh, I was very concerned about situations because of uh, fake colds that were going around, and, yeah. and and how that was going to affect having a child and all all these fucking things. I, I yeah. But as far as like, am I cut out for this? Am I cut out for this? Fuck you! I'm cut out for this. <laughs> you know, like I don't know. No one on their first child is going to say fuck you. I'm cut out for this. No, they're like, I I'm just, I mean, maybe someone I'm excited. I can't wait to be a parent, but I'm, I don't really, I can't picture it. Maybe someone who's 18, who's been wanting to have a baby since they were three Mm -hmm. and they've just been, or maybe if they came from a big family and they just trust this process, because that's the other thing they want to do. The coworker we talked about with the 10 kids, he was Mm. the youngest of 12. Right. So he, he was like, not afraid of this concept at all. And I'm aware from talking about Thanksgivings that at least two of his siblings have like 10, 10, 10 or more children kids because there, there's hundreds of cousins just yes. between him, him and his siblings. And yeah. they think they all live on the same road. It's what we want. Yeah. And <laughs> they don't, they are spread out some, but there are a few that live on the same road. There's, there's enough. Few, yeah. There's like, there's like to play a football game, you know, there's, there's they've got plenty for two sides of a football game and yeah. a small audience. Yeah. So, so what I was getting at with um, mentioning him actually is, as he's having that many kids, I was like, how do you do that? And he's like, kind of like, I don't know, like, you know, then the older ones start to know what it's like to have a baby and they get really good at it and they're really helpful and it's like oh so at a point your children are just like self-sustaining yeah and he laughed and like really liked that and then thought about it and was like yeah because that's what i think about all the time now um you know no no regrets right but um i kind of wish we had 10 kids now and that we were being done Mm -hmm. um like because i don't really wish i don't know whatever i have every moment of life leads to the moment that we're in and I wouldn't want any other moment than the we're in right now. But, um, I can see the benefit of having six kids Yeah, because by the time, uh, the, the first one is 10 and you've got all these kids under him. He's the oldest and I'm picturing our kid. That's why I'm saying he's, but the oldest kid is, is a little advanced over the next one down and next one down and next one down. Right. Yeah. And within that, 
Um, they all are when it comes to brushing teeth. Here's here's a here's a grand example. Brushing teeth, I had a real hard time with teaching that to our first child because he goes to bed at a different time. We didn't brush our teeth at the same time. But now there's someone learning how to brush teeth and he's brushing teeth at the same time as his brother. You know, so like there's just like a because when we're when we're teaching him to eat, when there's no other children at the table, we're not eating. We're eating. We're helping them eat. Right. Yeah. But as opposed to like now we're teaching someone how to eat solid food and the person across the table is sitting there eating solid food. Like they see everything happening. Right. And, well, they not don't only see it from the adults. They see it from people that are closer to them. What is that? There was a quote or something. There was from something from Tim Heidecker. And I can't remember what it was on, if it was Tim and Eric's awesome show or it was on a movie. But he says, we all know that babies. Oh, it was from the book. It's from that book. The zone, the zone, the zone theory theories. Yes. Oh gosh. Um, So it's a comedy book. Waste your time. You should totally look at it. It's really, really funny. Waste your time. It's super funny. But it's a waste of time. Know that it's a waste of time. Um, He was talking about how babies don't ever really. Babies. It's important for babies to see other babies because until they see another baby, they haven't known what they are. And like, it's like they don't make any connections with other humans. And that to me is really laughable. And it probably was to him because I bet he had a baby at the time. And that's why it was funny. Babies don't connect with other babies. No, they don't. It's really weird. It's like they can't even see other babies. They can see adults and they can see other kids, but they can't see someone of the same age. I I often think of there was a picture of our first when he was less than a year old at a friend's house and another friend was there who had a a baby that was like a year old. He's like six months and the other one's a year. And we would put them on the same bench together. And it was like, they didn't know they were both there. No. And they're like, one of them starts crying and they're just like sitting there. And, and the daughter of the other people like turned around and pulled herself up and stood on the bench. And we were going, Holy shit. Is he going to do that someday? (laughs) Holy crap. You see what that baby just did? It just fucking stood up. I'm like, God, it's crazy. But little kids love to see kids that are a little bit older than doing things. It's super exciting and inspiring. And older kids love to show younger kids how to do things. And that's why the typical school system is bunk because they're locking you in with the exact same age and sometimes even segregated by gender and making you learn together in a group where um, better than a teacher would be a bunch of five-year-olds getting taught by the 10-year-olds in the school. Absolutely. And also just exposing those five-year-olds to the uh, teenagers is math. At yeah. the same time, like not like making them do the same math, but, but they can see what's same, coming. The same in the same room. You might find your little savant in there is is they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm skipping mine and I'm just gonna do those ones on the board that are over there for the for the teenagers. Yeah. And then the then your teacher or their parent or whoever it is is like, oh, interesting. You never notice that you wouldn't be capable of finding that out in a in, in a, a locked up school. classroom. Yeah, and that's why homeschooling with um, fact, a lot of kids is great. If like they had access to the grade ups math and they started doing that instead of theirs they would be like you're failing you're failing because you're not doing you're not memorizing your times tables or whatever yeah you're you're sitting here and doing division when we're supposed to be doing multiplication yeah not cool kid you're gonna fail Fail life. So I think this idea of like our kids being able to be self-sustaining or being able to like have your family be like an ecosystem that like supports itself, you know, that there's it's like it's like in nature, it's like the this the variety there kind of helps support itself in different ways. That we could not imagine that before we had kids. No. And we might not have even really been able to imagine that fully when we only had one kid. No, well, maybe, but somewhat. I mean, well, uh, on both, we are, we were capable of imagining in both scenarios, just we didn't, Yeah, we didn't get there to where we were capable, but I think everyone's capable of those realizations, no matter where they're at. Sure, sure. But it wasn't time. something that came to but my mind. You and me personally weren't going there. Right. And I think when we were, I don't really remember our thought process with having the second kid, I think we were like, you know, it's, we're like, why are we trying to not? And we kind of were like, and we're like, I don't know why we're trying to not. Do we want our first to have a sibling? And we're like, yes. And so like, now he's, he's, you know, five. Why are we trying to not have kids? Well, there was a period in there. A period of years where we were trying to not have kids. We were trying to not have kids. We were just being careful. We didn't like take 
super deep measures. No, I never went back on birth control no. after the first one because I think it made me really crazy when I was younger. But I was very sick. I was in and out of uh, fucked up medical institutions, and I. To, people in people order, are going to think it's mental illness. It's not mental illness. I'll uh, just it clarify. A, it was physical shit. It was horrible. Uh, I'll get to it someday. You guys can hear all about it. Uh, but I don't want to make anybody cry right now. But it's uh, it was very difficult. I was in and out of a lot of um, really fucked up things. It's what gave me my distrust in the medical uh, system, like to the degree that it is. Mm-hmm. And um, then while in between those times, those times where like we'd actually get to make love and things like that, like the last thing that we wanted to do is interrupt that moment with another burden of a child. I don't know if we would have thought about it. <laughs> it like was that, just but like, how could, how could I bring a baby in this world? If you can't pick them up, I'm not taking care. I'm hardly able to take care of myself. I'm like, not even hardly. I'm, I'm not able to 100% take care of myself. I'm having to ask for help to do basic functions of, of life. And, uh, bring a kid in for, for one thing, from my perspective, it would have been like, you bring a kid in, I'll be in the bedroom. Yeah. Well, and it was kind of like me thinking like that too, is just like, how can I take care of him? And then I, I, yeah. would, I it was, it got to the point about the time where we could have started to thinking about having another kid realistically, just because our first, there was enough time postpartum for me to, to heal and get better. Your disease started to get so bad that I had to go back to work. And so that's why I went back to work, why we put our kid into a preschool, not preschool, but a, like a learning work. center. But I didn't daycare. stop working. No, you like, didn't stop working, but it was, it, you had to take time off to do surgeries. Yes. I had to go back to work and then it quickly was going to do part-time and put our kid in this daycare part-time, quickly became full-time, quickly became, you know, nine hour days, five days a week. All of this could be summed up with our life was extremely chaotic. It was extremely chaotic, really, really stressful. And, and it wasn't the time to try to expand that. And so there was a time where we were like, yes, we're not going to have more kids right now. We're not even going to think about it because even thinking about it is stressful because thinking about it means acknowledging that we can't handle that right now. And that's really sad. Yeah, the reasons right. <laughs> why we can't handle it are really, really sad. So that wasn't on my mind at all. And then there was a turn in that and you started to get healthy And I started to see who you actually really, really were for the first time, you know, without this like blockage, this act, this thing that was stopping you. So, so much so. And so then we moved to the point of like, we're going to move into the homestead and that's in 2019. And by then it's been over a year that you've been healing to Mm -hmm. the point where you're like standing up straight and you can put your arms over your head and you can squat down and pick something up. And like, I was exercising every day because I felt like feeling good. Yeah. (laughs) And you had put some weight back on and like you, it was like, you were a new person and I was getting to know that person. And it was like, we moved here and we were planting a garden and we're getting chickens and we get a puppy and we we're like happy here. And we're talking about how cool it is that we're living in a house where your grandpa was born on this property and your uncle. So you, you, you say all this. Yeah. And then we're going, so why did we think it was a good idea to have another kid? Oh yeah. All of that. That that's why, because that's it was why. like all of a sudden, well, there was also part of me that was so scared that this was temporary. Oh. And I could, I was so scared that we would decide to get pregnant and then stuff would go. And bad you were again. asking, did we decide to, or not? Yeah. Um, like, I don't think we did. It's just that things opened up. We felt the way we just, described from from such a dark spot to such a light spot and then we then the universe speaks for itself at well, that and point. I, I think <laughs> that's what the, i want to say our conversation about it was like it seems ridiculous for us to ever even think about trying not to we shouldn't yeah. think about it at all and let god the universe nature whatever decide what happens and let me tell you guys <laughs> When you live close quarters into someone that you're in with someone that you're sexually attracted to, nature makes you have a baby together uh-huh. because of the hormones and everything that happened at that special time. So yeah, we were pregnant like two months later after that conversation. Did, was it a conversation? You, you, you it was. It was, it was. Yes, I remember just saying like it would be. We we kind of were just like like are we going to have another kid? It was like I don't know. It it just seems kind of dumb for us to ever try not to. Yeah, because we we love our kid. We wouldn't mind our kid having another one, an, a sibling. We wouldn't mind having another kid in this house. And so we're like, whatever. Let's just see what happens. I didn't think this at all at the time. If I was to let my logical brain work at all at that time, I might say, I might say, well, I don't know, six and zero is a is a pretty big gap. Yeah, having a having a zero year old when you have 
six-year-old. Well, because that was part of it. It's like, yeah, he was, he He turned six six. a month before ours was born. And so I thought at that time, it was kind of like, yeah, we're kind of starting over as new parents for our first time. But that's the logical brain of that time. Since then, I've been very fortunate to have met a number of people who either themselves had a sibling who was six or so years Mm -hmm. apart and uh, other um, parents that have two kids that are that far apart at the time. I honestly, I thought it was weird. I know. I know. I was was like, I was like everyone who sees me pregnant and walking through a grocery store with my kid thinks they're from two different dads. (laughs) That's all I I could think about. I was like, (laughs) heck, maybe a lot of these are that situation. Some of them would be. Yeah. Um, But I know other people who aren't, you know, who they have just large gaps in between their kids. Yeah. And it's like, it's, there's no, there, the logical part of my brain that might've said something about that uh, was, would would have been flawed yeah like i'm not saying the logical brain is in the, 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 the smart one that does the right things yeah. no sometimes logic in my brain sends me in the wrong direction well i think it's so good that we were able to have that healing time both like for you physically and for me and like the the information that i gained from you know after our kids allergy di- diagnosis and diving into your health stuff and the horrible medical shit we went through so that we could get to where we wanted to have this lifestyle of chickens in a garden and everything else and to get there and then get pregnant was like, good. I had this time of healing and nourishment that I hadn't had with my prior kid. And it was just like going to put us into having like this new, I don't know, outlook on things and way of caring for ourselves. And then I took that positive pregnancy (laughs) test and the world was put on lockdown at the same, the same same day. And it was like, okay, so yeah, through that pregnancy, I I spent less time thinking. I did think a bit about how there's this concept. And I think it might've been put into my head by a movie or something. It's like, how do you love another person as much as you love that first kid? I don't think like at the time I thought I couldn't love this second baby I was having as much as my first kid. It's like, he was, I loved him so much. And like, now we have, you know, five plus years of history together of watching him grow and all of that. How, how do I have, how do I split that love? Is kind of what I thought. Once you have that second kid, you realize it's not that you split anything. It's that your love grows. So I'm going to give a fuck you to my logical brain of the past or period. Mm -hmm. But uh, it was at that time that I learned that I like, cause I was conflicted by this without really thinking it out before I love him more than anything on earth, mm-hmm. more than anything on earth. But then I also look at you and I say, I love you more than anything on earth. Wait a second. Hold on. Well, no. Okay. I love you more than any other adult on earth. And I love him more than any other child on earth. And then we have a second one. And I'm like, I love him more than anything on earth. And I love him more than anything on the earth. Yeah. And I love you more than anything on earth. So wait, maybe that's, it's, it's that. So when I say more than anything on the earth, it's like giving a comparison like those, that specific, but it is, I am loving to the extremist degree. Like the, like we, we have, if it's a scale of one through a hundred, I'm at a hundred with all of the, all three Yeah, and nothing else on, on earth besides these three things, like reach that, you know, yeah. it's not, it's not a. Um, when I say I love you most, I'm not saying over the other two. No, what's interesting too, is if you, if you're doing it to a scale to a hundred and you say like, uh, you love me a hundred percent and him a hundred percent. And then you realize that really your capacity of love is 300%. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. It just duplicates when you have the next one. And so like, and then, and then I'm like, sweet. Cause I really wanted to put the residents at a hundred percent. I knew I, I was thinking of that. Um, but it's, it's funny to me that I was worried about that at all because like, obviously like everybody, like my, I think my older kid was a little worried. Like, what am I going to think about this kid? And that moment he walked into the room and saw that baby, he, he like lit up and he was just like in love with him. Yeah. And so it's like, all of us had that heart opening, like love increase when we met our, our second little guy. And you know, to bring it all full circle with certain things that have been said, to watch those two today when 10-year-old has some chores to do, like he's got to go feed the chickens. Yeah. And but without asking us or anything, it's like, come on, buddy, get your boots on. You know, like we're going outside. And then to like see them in the pouring rain with their rain jackets on 
and big brother doing what he's doing and little brother thinking that he's helping, but not really helping yeah. just like the 10 year old did with me yeah. for years, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, like it's not that he's not helping. He's helping by learning. He's learning yeah, yeah. by example. And when I, when I see that, it's like, um, you know, it gets me a little choked up kind of a thing. Cause it's like, it's like, Holy crap. Like, that's that's why having 10 kids would be amazing I know. because I would be inside all the time just smoking just weed kicking and watching back, those watching guys movies <laughs> no glancing out the window and seeing the self-sustaining community of children taking care of your farm but well let's assume that there's a lot of different personalities in 10 kids yeah. right you know like some kids don't want to go out in the rain some kids do want to go out in the rain like hopefully you got a couple that want to go out in the rain. You got a couple that want to uh, mop floors. You got a couple that want to do that speak Spanish so we can like take them to Home Depot and get cheap labor. <laughs> um, no, uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, my, my point being like to not everyone's it's not that they're all going to be in a train teaching no. each other how to feed the chickens. No, if we had 10 kids, maybe somebody would want to help me in the kitchen. There'd be, there'd be help in the kitchen. There'd be help. Uh, there'd be people. There'd be kids who like watching TV like we do but uh, maybe have a real hard time with seeing DVDs out of their case mm. and they're straightening things up. That'd be nice. Right. Uh, we need somebody to help with uh, tidying the let's, toys. Let's and look upstairs. into big brothers, big sisters. I think we could get a <laughs> we few. We could get some foster kids in here. You know, just, uh, just bring them on in. Yeah. Get a couple Get a couple Mexicans, like I was saying. <laughs> we get a couple black, black we, kids. No, we need that Filipinos. That would really help things. Oh, well, Filipinos Filipino are great. Filipinos are really good. Um, really yeah, there's, great there's a lot of children of different types <laughs> that we could really use around here. Yeah, I love stereotypes because all the stereotypes i can think of are really positive <laughs> it's like oh we need a couple chinese they're good at math oh okay cool yeah. i have actually never known anyone from china well my dad weird <laughs> your dad's not from china his last name is wong <laughs> he's not <laughs> Wongski. Uh, it's so funny um because yeah like i've known vietnamese thai i've known um filipino uh, i've known japanese people i've not ever known anyone from china yeah yeah i've i've known a handful because of my dad my dad the reason i say my dad in there my dad studied uh chinese arts and history and he had a lot of chinese friends when i was a kid half of his books on the shelf when i was a kid were written in mandarin yeah he, he reads that shit and he can speak it i guess he doesn't do i think that. he's making it up <laughs> <laughs> That's such a funny thing. Oh, it's like you speaking Kobayan to our kid. And he's yeah. like, yeah, I think he's making it up. No, it's actually something he's repeating, but it is made up. But it's made it's up. It's also made up. Well, but isn't like, all language made up? Oh, if you man, trace so it back deep. far enough. Deep. Wherever you go, there you are. <laughs> man. But okay, so... <clears throat> I don't know. I just thought it would be fun to kind of rehash this conversation because we come at it from such a different angle than we did then. Boy, we do. And I think that when we were talking about it before, it was like in a stand-up comedy routine, we were joking about our coworker. We'd say like, does he get home? And he's like saying hi to everybody. And he's like, hey, what's your name again? And yeah, we're like right, shaking right. their hands. <laughs> like, does he remember their birthdays? Does he remember their middle names? Like, can he, does he know which ones are allergic to something and which one's not? You know, like I was just... I was wondering that. And like, now that I, I'm sure you would just keep going as you go and like stacking on new information kind of slow, at least with nine months apart. You know? uh, yeah. Right. And, and well, and then if you learn that they have a allergy, like our first did yeah, where it was a real big deal, you're not going to freaking forget that. No. Right. It was like a whether, big deal. whether they're number one, three, six or 10, Yeah, you know, like anywhere throughout the, but if they're, well, that's if, a good idea. If you just, number if they're them. seven, if they're seven, they're fucked. You're I know. Never gonna remember you just one. number them and then uh, you don't have to remember the names. Oh yeah. That's actually not, not a bad yeah. idea. One, one's not a bad night. Bad name. No, it's Two, good name. Sounds great. Three. I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I think it would be, it would be a different lifestyle for sure. But then also let's uh, do what we didn't do last time we had this conversation and just think ahead, think ahead to when you're done with this phase of life that is birthing babies and parenting Mm -hmm. and you, you know, your house is not as full anymore. And those kids are off on their own being adults. You have a a 10 of them. So you have better chance that you're not, you know, your one kid isn't going to be, Smoking the crack pipe. What's his, what's the Biden's kid's name? Oh, going full, full Hunter Biden. Hunter Biden. Yeah. Like you have to have more kids so that you don't just have the Hunter well, he Biden. Had, he had more. He just killed, he just killed them off. Right. So, <laughs> 
So don't do that either. But like, if you have lots of kids, you can have, you know, hopefully one that likes the mom and one that likes the dad and like one that wants to be helpful and one that's going off to explore and some yeah. that want to have families and some, grandkids. Some that want and, to, because it's something bothered me that you said there about them, the house being more empty. Yeah. Like, I don't want that, right? And In that's why sense. I didn't so say that's, empty. That's, I said more empty because yeah, yeah. I still hope that we would have kids at home trying to raise other kids, their kids. It, I want to delicately lay out that, you know, it's... um. Uh, hopefully if you have 10 kids, um, one of them will naturally be the one that continues to stay in the house that you've raised all 10 kids in, yep. and that they'll raise 10 kids in that same house. Right. Like hopefully one of them is naturally that person and, uh, and five of the others. So about five of them want to live on the property. Sure. Or and you, you and you figure out in the same town, at least on the same road. Yeah. Like like in the co-workers case, you know, there's a few of the families that are on the same road. Our road happens to be our last name. So, you know, it would make a lot of sense. And that was happening with us. But we're not we're not going to have 10 kids. Mm-mm. That's not. No, we're, that's I'm, not possible. My birthday is next month and I'm turning 40. So the door is is gently closing um, in a, the next few years. And and uh, that's OK. But it's just you can't. The math is not adding up to 10. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I think it's a pretty like it's pretty real that I don't agree with my past assessment. I think you would be able to know the names and the birthdays of your children. 100%. I think you would be able to have them be helpful and self-sustaining. And I look forward to the next phase of life and being able to be a grandmother and being helpful in different ways and have enough family that you have support. You have a support system, a support network. And this isn't talking about the fucked up families who abuse or mistreat their kids who all want to run away. This is like a family built on honesty and integrity and morals and values and openness and transparency so that there's not just do as I say, not as I do without questioning things. And there's just like this, this kind of a new, I don't know, evolved family, not the Christian family you think of, of yesterday, where it was just like, kids should be quiet and don't ask questions. And the grownups are all hiding their dark secrets and not being honest, you know, using me in the good old days. The good old days. <laughs> um, yeah. I think that like, if you raise a family like that and they want to stick around, then you're just, that's your support system. That's your intentional community. You fucks. Yeah, right. Right. <laughs> And, but but yeah. that's the intention of that is not to create an intentional community, you fucks. Um, it's <laughs> it's uh, it's to get everybody out of the house. It's to have that yeah. empty nest. Yeah. Like, and then you sell that nest. You had a big house that you could have kids in, so you can go and get a small. You've got a condo or whatever one, in Florida. One floor or a, yeah, a condo or you know whatever, and you don't do yard maintenance anymore in the condo. Yeah. You know, you just you get to you're the great reward Kick for everything you did. Is just sit around and do nothing. Crossword puzzles, Sudoku, pick cross, pick cross. That's fun. Uh, um, but yeah, like that's, and I, I think that a lot of people do that, and it's not fulfilling at the end of their life, and then they end up being very sad. Uh, I I look to my grandpa as the shining bastion, an example of a man who lived to ninety two years old, lived in his house all the way up until then, and went outside and at least till 90 started his tractor every day and did something with it. Even if it was just kind of driving around the park it again and have a reason to go buy diesel and keep it in decent shape and all those kinds of things. And then for the last couple of years, maybe not starting it every day, but still starting it and going outside almost every day. He never felt retired. Yeah. He never felt retired. And I think that's why he lived in 92 and was in pretty high spirits until then. Yeah. That and he was real wasted. <laughs> also, if you think of it, he, he, he only had two kids. Yep. If he would have had more kids, the odds of having somebody who wanted to live here with him in the house and have their kids at that time, as he lived with his parents, mm-hmm. that would have been greater because there could have been somebody else who wanted to take over the farm. In his case, no one wanted to take over the farm, so the farm closed and he retired here. If he would have had more children and somebody wanted to take over the farm, then he would have had somebody take over the farm and he would have still been working, really and, working on and the And he farm would have gone and started that way. tractor and pushed some things around that needed to be, you know, they'd be like, He's oh, yeah, scraping do this. manure or something, something every day. He would just yeah. be doing a little something and, you know, 
maybe it was only for tw- 10 minutes, but he and would, teaching the grandkids. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He'd be the one he'd still be starting his tractor and give him the littlest ones on the, on yeah. the tractor and just driving around right. just for the shits and giggles of it. And like, that makes me happy to imagine. And it makes me sad to think yes. when people get lonely and they're by themselves. And I think like, like for my, when my grandma was old and her, you know, husband had died, my grandpa died and my mom just basically moved in with her. She'd come home on the weekends and my aunt would go over and stay on the weekends. But my mom lived there five days a week and my aunt lived there two days a week. And they were just in the house and we would come over. That's where we'd have Christmas and that's where we'd have family dinners. So great for your grandma. So horrible for you and your family. So (laughs) my mother was gone and it was like 10 years of that. And I was like an adult, but still that means my dad was neglected because he needs a caregiver as well. And and like, who's going to dress his random wounds? Why is he always bleeding? He's always bleeding from somewhere. (laughs) And uh, he's like hungry and just like eating whip canned whipped cream, you know, for like days on end. Um, I think like it, it just, if we, we try to stick closer together, then we don't have that burden. You know, we were a 35 minute drive from my grandma's house and um, longer after they moved out to the County, it's like that, that puts a space in between you. So if you have lots of siblings and you're rotating and helping, then everybody can kind of pick up. And really, if somebody wants to stick in that family home and if you have lots of of siblings, there's a really good chance. Someone's just going to live there. Yeah. Someone's gonna just going to live so, there. Like his, because like the, the the sad truth of it is like when we talk about it a lot, we make it seem like everybody gets married and everybody has kids, but you're going to have a couple old maids in there. Oh, sure. Both male or female. Somebody like, so somebody that just likes to be an aunt, but they like to be a caregiver. Or you know? yeah, they just never find someone. Maybe they're a lesbian and they just don't like, you know, but just, you know, whatever. Um, but uh, they might be a perfect candidate to just live with their mother in this, in this disconnected family sense, you know, yeah. ideally we're all living on the same house in the same home, but you know, like if it's all disconnected like that, if you got a bunch of siblings, there's going to be one in there that is a lazy piece of shit who never got their stuff together. could never buy a house. Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. So they'll end up living with mom. Yeah. And then you appreciate that about them. Yeah. The, all the siblings, instead of them being the fuck up, as long the, as they're not there, like stealing their mom's money and beating the shit out of her or something. If well, that's if they're a junkie. Yeah. And we're talking different then. No, but if you're there just because you're you're just company and making sure you're taking the stuff off the high shelves and they're not climbing on a chair, you know, changing the light bulbs, whatever. Changing the light bulbs and paying the bills. And like, then even yeah. with their money, but you know, like oh yeah, facilitating the financial yeah, stuff. Yeah. But I think that too, we can't ignore that like like end of life stuff, depending on the person can be really difficult and it can sometimes be really drawn out and be really challenging for one person to handle. And Mm -hmm. again, that's why a larger support system helps because then, yeah, at least you're having a sibling come and visit for a while to take care of mom so that other person can get a break. I I was going to my grandma's once a week towards the end there. I was doing things that I never thought I would have to do for an adult person and bathroom stuff and help, you know, and it was really, it was hard. It was, it was hard it was hard physically it was hard emotionally and it was hard for the person who's receiving that care that doesn't Mm -hmm. want it Mm -hmm. but it doesn't mean that needs to be outsourced to people to strangers who don't love them yeah yeah that's what people tend to think they're like oh i could never do that to my mother no i would need to get so i would need to get a stranger to do that to them and i know it's like just think not about yourself for one second she's not gonna like it when you do it she going to like it more when a stranger do it? Yeah. <laughs> you know? And I think there was at the very end of her life, they had, um, they had a nurse come and help. Um, and that help was for pain management. And I don't, I'm like saying this on recording now for our kids to hear someday is like, I don't want to be on narcotic pharmaceuticals when I'm dying. I want to be able to experience death like fully. And I don't want, just like I want to experience childbirth fully and I don't want to be on drugs then, I, I don't want them to take my spirit away and my consciousness away from me. I want to be able to transcend the way I'm supposed to. I want to do it at home and I want to, or in nature, and I want to do it without drugs. Uh, while this is recording as well, I would like to get my final wishes on here. That <laughs> I hope that everyone feeds me lots of mushrooms and puts headphones on with a continuous play of the residence for my final final hours okay why would you have to take mushrooms like that's your i brain. wouldn't have to your <laughs> your brain is doing the stuff for you it's gonna release like hormones chemicals whatever that you've never like experienced takes so long i might as well have some <laughs> dying out no i i don't that's not really my request but i think um i get why people would want to make sure 
you know, if, if they see someone in pain that they wouldn't want to make sure that they were comfortable. And then also when someone's sedated, it's less scary than them randomly shouting out or thrashing around, getting confused, trying to run away. A lot of things we do. A lot of things we do at funerals are for the living, not for the dead. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of things that we do uh, like that are for, for, for it's the narcotics or for the, people who aren't dying yeah the people More, witnessing the death yeah because it's because they're going well okay this is outside of my hands i can't help anymore they're going to die within a period of time could be a day could be six months could be two years even Ugh. of just this yeah i can't handle that i need drugs for them so that I can think I can handle it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. I mean, yeah, it's, it's definitely both. You don't want to see the person suffer and you think you're helping them. And then, or you also, you don't want to have to like, they're going to sleep more, you know, it's going to give you more of a break or rest. Um, when people are dying and they're very old, a lot of the times they don't remember when it's bedtime, when it's nighttime, when it's morning. Um, yeah, it's just like, it's challenging and it's hard. And again, coming back to what we were talking about before we got on, off onto this segue, what a tangent, I mean, was, um, having a, a large support group of people who are invested because they are actually blood related mm-hmm. is really, I think would be really beneficial. And even like, I don't know, I've been thinking about blood relation a lot lately, and I don't think it's as important as a lot of people put on it. I think that's what the predator class wants to believe but truly it has more to do with our own existence together yeah the history you have with the person right? i think that someone who's adopted by a family that loves them oh and that's what i mean too yeah is in a much better there's no blood there and i want to say the person who raised you but yeah if they've they've comforted you especially if they breastfed you yeah um but even if they skipped the breastfeeding and started at infancy and they've taken care of you as their own child they're blood oh, at that point but yeah. that's not actually blood like yeah. that's i think that's some predator class elitist bullshit yeah. to even worry about blood. totally and i really i mean the people because those elitist people that you're talking about they have servants that are not blood that are caring for those people mm-hmm. and like why would the people have more loyalty just because they birthed the kid and like never raised them the kids speak spanish and, and i also think that can happen Mexican at any help. time um so those those when you say the blood relations to be there for you that could be someone that you as an old as you're old and dying that could be someone that you met when you were 25 or 30 oh sure but then you still spend if you still spend 60 years together yeah now you're 90 you have a history like you that person really know is the your person. blood family yeah in that blood sense Absolutely. but not but not literally blood right yeah but family that's Re- a family. refer back to our defu episode yeah um, the family removing yourself from your family of origin i can think that that is okay as what what's key is that the your new family the family that you are currently with is real deal yeah and it, to the level of that it's like blood even though there might be a whole family of people who have no blood right you know like yeah, the garden. no blood <laughs> they're just drained of all their blood <laughs> i'm really confused <laughs> yeah we are going to talk about the garden on another episode if you haven't seen that yet there's a documentary on uh hbo that was yep. called the the garden and it's called commune or cult um and the term documentary oh so loose here it's like i thought that it was going to be a, a docu-series uh-huh six nope. part docu-series nope. less than an hour for each one i was like you know i might i might actually be able to digest that but i started it and it really feels more like a reality television show even though i don't think it is i think it's probably authentic to whatever but the degree. way they put it together but the, the way, way the producers put, put together. it together was like a reality show and it's, it sucked but it's about an intentional community off-grid intentional community kind of had been started by like rainbow gathering people and 100%. that are saying they're anarchists and so that appealed to us to watch and kind of analyze which we watch and we analyze yeah. so we'll definitely want to talk about that soon if you haven't Spoiler seen it yet. alert they're not on our team. <laughs> no, no, they're not. Um, but you know, they're they're like adjacent, but so far, so, so far off. It, it'll be fun to talk about because there are so many things they say that they get one hundred percent correct, and then apply it incorrect, or oh, yeah. they get things just one the one hundred percent incorrect, 
and they apply it with full force. You yeah, know? I don't it's, know. Just, it's just, it's definitely worth talking about. So if you haven't seen it yet, you might want to check it out or at least read about it. So you have some context for one of our upcoming episodes. But again, this concludes the 60th episode of the world as it is today. Make sure you're, <laughs> you're, um, oh yes, leave us a review and uh, subscribe like, to subscribe us. Subscribe and ring the fuck out <laughs> There's no bells. And Instagram, but follow uh, Lanny on Instagram, Preserving Today, and uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel at Preserving Today. And uh, make sure you're listening to Are We Content with uh, Chud's, Chud's podcast. Yep, Chud and Bob, we kick ass at it. It's great. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. Until next time, take care.